Empower Radio presents The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And I hope this conversation today helps you to do just that. You know, we are wired for connection. A growing body of research shows us that our need to connect is as fundamental as our need for food, water, and shelter. Connection is essential to our survival. We are profoundly shaped by our social environment and we suffer when our bonds are threatened or ended. So why do we feel so disconnected? It's time to move beyond the consciousness and this false false belief in separation that leaves us fearful and longing to belong. New discoveries in science are providing an opportunity to upgrade our fragmented worldview and understand our true interconnected nature. Indigenous cultures and spiritual traditions have taught this for thousands of years. So now science is teaching us about this unified field of consciousness, and we're really bringing this whole new worldview together. So yes, we are all connected. We are valuable parts of a unified whole living system. And whether you see it from a spiritual perspective as the creative source or a scientific perspective as the unified field, the evidence is mounting. And our conversation today will hopefully help you see that there are real benefits in making this interconnected reality conscious to us from health, happiness and longevity to even witnessing miracles. So I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment and open your mind and heart as you settle into your essential wholeness. Today, I'm bringing you a very special guest, my own producer here at Empower Radio, Remy Smith. He's been a guest on my show before, and we are going to have a delightful conversation, as we always do on Tuesdays, and so welcome, Remy. Well, thank you, Julie. It's uh, always a pleasure to be on your show, and can I just say that I am eternally grateful for the connection that I've made with you. Oh, thank you. You know what? I have that on my list of notes <laughs> because, well, let's just start right here, Remy. Yeah. Thank you for saying that and that connection. I was thinking as I was driving to the office today to do this show about connection. And on my way to the show, I stopped and did three errands. And I went into the groomers, the dog groomers, and gave her a check because I was out of the country when my dog was groomed. And she just greeted me and, you know, and it was like, oh, it was so nice to just have that connection. Like I, you know, every six weeks I get to see her and and say hello. And just that simple connection feels so good. Then I had to stop at the grocery store and they greet me by name and we say hello. And then I say hello to the other ones that weren't waiting on me. And I just felt that connection. Then I get back in the car and I'm thinking, and Tuesdays are almost like my favorite 
not almost, they are my favorite day of the week. I always prepare for the show and I always think, ah, oh, I get to just chat with Remy and, and make this connection. And really, this is the bottom line of our show today of how even these small connections really, really matter. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And to me, it's it's one of the greatest joys in life. It's really what, what life is all about is the connections that we make and the simple little ones that you're talking about where, you know, you might not know somebody on a, on a real deep friendship level, but like your local gas station attendant or your local grocer, or you know, places that you visit often and get to recognize people and, and, you know, just speaking up and, and saying hello and, and talking, you know, little chit chat here and there, but those connections mean so much and they always leave you with a sense of, of just warmth and good feeling. Mm. I like the idea of warmth and good feeling. Mm. I have a few quotes I'm going to share later, but in my notes as I was preparing today, I was looking at some of the research and some of the things that I talk about and teach about and this connection, that warmth and that just that good feeling is so important in so many ways. So we're our conversation will unfold. We're going to talk about resilience. I'm going to, I'll, I'll bring that up first here and I'll talk about that, but we're also going to talk about how it impacts our physical health, our emotional and mental health, our spiritual health. And even even our longevity and how it can heal others. It's the health of our nation, our communities, but our world at large. It's so much this idea of connection, even these small little connections that we're talking about make a huge difference. So let me just talk about resilience first, Remy, and I'd love to get your feedback on this because I think it's an important piece for all of us to really understand in the the science of resilience when when kids are confronted with childhood adversity and trauma some kids adapt and others develop chronic health and behavioral challenges and they've done this longitudinal study that shows how the health behaviors and the, the challenges in later life come back to this early childhood time. So the science of resilience points to one common denominator of, of those who adapt, of kids who adapt and do well in life and stay healthy. And that is that every child that does well has had at least one stable and committed relationship with a supportive adult. And so what we know about resilience is that it's not about mental toughness or grit or even genetics, that it's really about relationship and this relationship and connection that fosters resilience is imperative. And the more connections, the better the outcome. So this research, just like you just said, Remy, because mm -hmm. you're brilliant, you don't even know it, <laughs> but just like you just said, the research on this connection is it could just be like someone serving them lunch in the lunch line at school yeah, or a janitor who says hello by name and makes a comment about how they're doing today or something like that. They're the small little connections that make a difference with resilience in kids' lives. 
And have you ever noticed how somebody who might describe themselves as an introvert or, you know, oh, I don't ha I don't like people. I don't have a lot of friends. I don't, they tend to have health problems. They tend to have, um, you know, things aren't always going so well for them. Like it's, it's, it, it's all connected. It makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was, when I was looking at the research for this, um, that very thing of introverts came up a lot mm -hmm. in a lot of different conversations. And, um, and also that like a pessimistic point of view. Mm -hmm. So if you have this negative viewpoint of other people, you're looking at them as othering you're still in this place of separation instead of really understanding our interconnectedness. So then you you create this artificial separation and in that negativity, you're pushing people away and judging and what have you and you have health issues with that. But they did say with introverts, there's hope. So all you introverts, we have lots of introverts that tune in and listen and lots of empaths mm -hmm. that the feeling of connection inside with others is just as important and powerful as the actual connection that extroverts might make with people. So literally having that resolve inside to understand your connection and then to feel it. So you might be kind of shy going to the grocery store and not be gregarious and outgoing and, you know, call everybody by name, but even making that quiet connection as an introvert and saying hello and, you know, how's your day going? Um, is just as powerful. Well, and in the age of technology, you can always make those, I think those connections online are a little bit deeper for people who feel introverted and don't do well in, in public settings or don't necessarily feel that outward kind of connection, you know, the human contact. Um, they can make connections online. Yeah. You know, the, and there's a catch-22, which is really important mm -hmm. because because of our digital world and this daily use of, of uh, you know, social media and emailing and texting and smartphones and, mm -hmm. you know, all, all of this stuff going on. We live in this age of this instant global connectivity, right? Right. But we're, we're more connected with one another through technology more than ever in history. And yet, if we're not teaching this authentic connection, especially to our kids, they're increasingly feeling more alone. Like yeah. there's this artificial kind of connection of, you know, like me, I like will connect with people and get real intimate and have serious conversations online. Mm -hmm. But there are those who, you know, yeah, I have 5,000 friends and, you know, and I'm connected, but wow, I didn't get any likes today or nobody commented today or maybe, you know, maybe I'm not as important. I, I literally, <laughs> okay, I want to tell a story. <laughs> I want to hear some of your stories too, but I literally had a brilliant, amazing friend of mine who we are so connected. We are so connected and, and we intimately know each other and trust each other and what have you. And she just said yesterday, she had this tinge of, of jealousy and disconnect when I was off at an event and I was posting all these amazing things and it made her feel less like all of a sudden she's looking at what I was doing <sighs> and she was feeling bad oh, no. and then she was feeling disconnected and and then I didn't call when I got home <laughs> it's like <laughs> you know we do that to ourselves so this role of technology is in an, another really important part of this conversation we definitely have to be careful with it it's something that needs to be treated with kid gloves and mm -hmm. something that we 
we're just learning how to use. We're just learning how to understand. Um, a really interesting one that I read uh, the other day was a young mother and um, like a grandmother aged woman was kind of chastising her for letting the kids watch videos in the car, you know, and it was kind of like, a, well, in my day, we used to play games and, and connect in a different way in the car. And it's like, okay, well, you know, that was in your day when that kind of technology wasn't available. So what you did have back in that day was the mentality a little more of it takes a village to raise a child. And so these new parents that are having to raise children in in a world with technology that was never there before are kind of, you know, they're groundbreakers. They're doing it for the first time on their own without anybody to kind of hold their hand and, and help them and show them. So, you know, it's like they need more support than than ever. So instead of being quick to judge and chastise, you know, look for ways to help. So your kids are going to, are going to be raised with technology, whether you like it or not. It's learning how to do it in a healthy and successful way. And I think, you know, as a society, we're all trying to, to do it together. Yeah. How, how do you, how do you use technology with your son? So, uh, you know, from the very beginning, he's eight now for some reference uh, to our listeners, uh, eight years old, third grade. So a lot of things that they do in school are on pads or computers. Um, you know, his mom has a cell phone and I have a cell phone and he gets a little bit of time on that. Uh, the kid himself, it, it, it's a, and it's such an individual thing, I think. He's, he would much rather get on the cell phone and go to YouTube and look up some kind of um, educational program to watch. You know, he's just fascinated by, by all kinds of educational type things, and that's great. He, now, to be fair, he'll also uh, park himself in front of the television and watch some Netflix shows, you know, and, and get into that. Um, but... We've limited his screen time as much as possible from the time he was a baby. And both his mother and I, you know, were like, we don't want to raise a kid that just plops in front of the tube all the time. I think she and I both felt like we got too much TV time growing up. And so, you know, we weren't exactly happy with the effects that that had on our lives. And so we did our best to steer him away from that. For a long time, there was no TV in the house and just, you know, and then there was a TV, but there was no cable. So it was, you can watch a video every now and again, but other than that, um, lots of reading books. And again, what works for one kid doesn't necessarily work for, for everybody. Everybody's got to kind of figure out how to parent in their own style, their own way, and for what they think is best. I think it's just important that um, we as a society aren't so quick to judge other parents when they're doing the best they can. Yeah. You know. Good point. Good point. Because we're all trying to figure it out, right? Yeah. We have this new digital world and, and I, I agree with you. You know, it's hard. I it's hard because we want to criticize. We want to judge and say, you know, well, geez, read to your children or play games with your children or whatever. But you're exactly right. We have to figure this out with balance and, and respect too, yeah. because I don't think the digital world is gonna go away, do you? No. I don't, um, mm -mm. you know, barring some kind of global catastrophe, uh, which would be horrible. Uh, no, it's here to stay. Yeah. And I use it positively to connect with my children. I try to my as adult well. children. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I um, literally when they're out in the world doing what have you in their careers, busy, you know, and, and having their own lives 
sometimes just connecting in with a quick text to say, I love you. Hey, how's it going? Whatever, you know, that's really the most effective way to connect with them at times. Yeah. My mom was very anti cell phones for a very long time. She finally has a cell phone and she finally learned how to text this year. (laughs) Mm. And, you know, and so she sent me a text message today. She wanted to send me a birthday card and and didn't have my newest address. So needed my address. And and so getting a text from mom is kind of a special thing now. Um, But, you know, we like to talk on the phone uh, instead, instead of text messaging. So she's, you know, she's learning, she's coming along and and things like that. But again, uh, with our conversations, sometimes there's, you know, judgments and, you know, oh, this person, that, and, you know, how come, how come those kids are so rude and they have no manners and things like that? It's like, well, you know, not everybody has the exact same set of values and rules and, and even manners when it comes to, to raising your children. So what I like to yeah. say is how, how is it really negatively affecting you? If you see somebody whose kids are acting up in a store or are acting rude, it's, you know, it's not pleasant for everybody else in the room to witness, but is it really hurting them? And to feed into that kind of, you know, the negativity that you throw out there, the shade that you throw out there to use a, a, a good new term, um, you know, throwing shade on somebody else for their parenting skills. Is it really helping? You know? Mm, yeah. I tend to think not. Uh, good point. So be, I, I want to stay on this digital yeah. social media piece for just a little bit and then we can take a break and go into some of the health benefits and, and even miracles and, and what does that mean hopefully we'll pique somebody's attention there but um, so I'm thinking about number one I just want to really presence that even in this social media world where people have this illusion of connection that often they are feeling very isolated and alone. And it's the research has shown us that we're less socially active in the real world when we're on social media. So what the research was showing was we're we're not gathering with friends as much. We're not going out socializing and Americans in particular feel more lonely than ever. So even the example of this one study that I saw was, you know, how, and I know you've done this. Mm -hmm. My husband and I recognize this all the time. Literally, you go out to a restaurant Mm -hmm. and there's two people or four people at a table and they're all on their devices and they're not talking to one another, you know? So even this illusion, we talk a lot about the illusion of separation here on the show, but I just want to just presence this illusion of connection because so often we're not having those deep, intimate, authentic conversations and connections with the ones we love when our face is in a screen. It's so hard, isn't it? Cause they're, they're addictive little devices, you know, and, um, it comes, it comes down to the, that, that instant gratification. And, and I, refrain from getting a smartphone for a really long time because I had such a young son and you know, I think he was, I've added a 
coming up on two years now. So it wasn't until he was six that I got one and I don't live with him anymore. It's a, you know, single situation. Um, but for the first five years of his life, I was like, I don't want a smartphone. And everybody looked at me like I was crazy. You know, what are you pulling out that, that ancient flip phone device? And I said, I've got a little kid at home that depends on me to be present. And I know for a fact that if I have a smartphone, I will not be a hundred percent present with him. I knew that I would not be able to just, mm -hmm you know, regulate myself the way that I wanted to. So I just did not have one. And I'm really glad that I did it that way. And if I had to do it all over again, I probably still wouldn't have a smartphone. <laughs> you know, they, they're a time suck. There's there's games and yeah. internet and Facebook, you know. It's like, how many times can you log on to Facebook every day and, and just see what everybody's up to and or, or is posting, yeah. not what they're up to, but what they're posting. And for some things, it's fantastic because there are so many great connections that I probably would have lost if it weren't for Facebook friends that I haven't seen in 10 years but I still chat with them or respond or like or love their pictures and their posts and their things for you know and I'm still keeping up with what's going on in their life to a certain extent you know it's not the same as a 45 minute phone call but it is a little snippet and a way to stay connective and I and I cherish that I really do love that um but then, you know, the flip side of it is, is all the, the time wasting and the, um, you know, the, the fact that your online self isn't a very accurate portrait of your real 100% self. Mm. Now, it's just a little, just a smidgen. And a lot of times only the good things with some people, only the bad things, you know, there's, yeah. I think, I think we've all had that Facebook friend that just posts all kinds of ridiculous bad negative stuff or uh, self-harming things you know kind of like cry for help online and stuff like that um so it's like that, that's not the real you 100 percent mm, good point good point and you know i i too have rekindled college relationships you know college friendships and others from the past mm -hmm. high school with online yeah. and facebook so i, I agree with you on that just yeah thanks for thanks for mentioning that because there are good uses for everything right yes absolutely 100 yeah. percent. it's you know never in the history of mankind have we had the the entire history and you know wealth of information at our fingertips and everybody carries it around in their pocket with them that's a yeah that's an amazing thing to think about is that to be able to connect to the world wide web and all of the information that is on it and it is carried around in everybody's pocket. Yeah. It's for just, the good and for the not so good. It, well, exactly. The, it's what you yeah, do with it too. You know, accurate. you can look at cat videos all day if you want to, you can get sucked <laughs> into some pretty crazy stuff online, but um, you know, to be able to, to pull up information uh, with the, the, you know, the speed of, of light, basically. It's just oh, yeah. a click away for, for everything. Doctors using it for, for life-saving techniques. If they need to know information. They can get it immediately. And that's, that's powerful and positive. So there's so much good to, to look at in it. That's so good. My sister, I, I'm laughing inside because <laughs> you, you talked about time wasters. Yeah. And that's a huge thing. I mean, literally, 
how often do we check our email on our phone, how often check social media, we're like constantly glancing down and looking and a text message comes in and we stop what we're doing and we, you know, follow the ding. But my sister just said to me on Saturday, we were driving in the car and she said, um, she didn't hear she didn't hear some news on Facebook. We were talking about some news and she goes, I haven't been on Facebook for a long time. Gosh, I haven't been on Facebook for a really long time. <laughs> and her husband started laughing because she had literally she, we, she and I were in the back seat and she was holding her cell phone playing a game. Uh-huh. And so she's saying, I haven't been on Facebook for a really long time. <laughs> and then her husband says, it's because you've been playing that darn game. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so true. She's just got obsessed. With oh, it's, it's, it's easy. It's so easy. You find a good game and, you know, they make them so fun and pretty and they're, they're just awesome. Like you get sucked into one of those games and it, it you know, where did four hours go? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, or whatever you're into on your phone. That's, that's the thing. And, uh, it's, you know, is it an epidemic? Is it a crisis? Is it a, a good thing? A bad thing? I, you know, I don't know. There's obviously been studies that have shown that, you know, there's people whose their hand is getting cramped into that position of holding their phone. And it's not good for your eyes to be on screens for that long and especially staring at the small screens. And, you know, there's there's plenty of negatives to talk about. Um, You know, it's it's like anything, I I believe that um, it needs to be tempered. You you know, too much of anything is bad for you. So, you know, you if you're feeling kind of funky about your phone usage or your device usage, I'd say, you know, then take a real look at it and, and you have control. You can make the, make the changes that, that need to be made to, to kind of step back away from it for a little bit. Yeah. So, so the technology piece, this digital world of connection is one thing, but we also have so much research on how connection goes goes back to this heart-to-heart, face-to-face, real connection that we're going to talk about here in the second half of the show. The the research is showing us how connection does affect our physical health, does affect our emotional and mental health and spiritual health, and literally has the potential to change the world for the good. So there's so much more to talk about on Connection. We're going to take a quick break. I'm here with my favorite producer and friend, Remy Smith, and we'll be right back. Meditation channel, nonstop meditation music, 24 hours a day in the new Empower Radio app. Music to empower your meditation, help you relax, sleep, or provide a calm background while you work. The Empower Meditation channel is interruption-free. Listen now with the Empower Radio app, free in the App Store, or listen online at empower.fm. Soothe your soul, calm your mind. The Empower Meditation channel. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Time starts now. 
Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Where can you find the answers to these questions? Car crashes are one of the leading killers of U.S. children. Many of those deaths could be prevented by making sure that kids are in the right seat for their age and size. Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. That's safercar.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Are you mateys? Welcome to the ocean. I've sailed the seven seas a hundred times and found something I like even more than me treasure. Tis the ocean, beautiful and clear. Right now, I'd be sailing over the Great Barrier Reef. It just shivers me timbers thinking of all the fish and coral below me. Wait, what's that floating by? A plastic bag? By Blackbeard's eye patch, that's disgusting. Why did you know that many of these things come from folks throwing them carelessly on the ground? It'd be true. Lend us a hand by always recycling and disposing of your trash properly. Boys, get the plank ready. Somebody's got to dive in and get that bag. Any volunteers? All right, fine. I'll do it myself. Cannonball! Find out what you can do to help keep the oceans healthy at keepoceansclean.org. Brought to you by the Keep Oceans Clean Alliance and the Ad Council. So you see, son, good manners are important. Should I go through it again? Yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. Exactly. Always say please, thank you, you're welcome, and excuse me. Sit up straight, hold doors open, don't speak with your mouth full, keep your elbows off the table. Share your things, play nice, and generally treat others the way you'd like to be treated. Got it? Got it. And stop picking your nose. Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But two minutes twice a day, making sure they brush their teeth is easier. And it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. Be the change you want to see in the world. This is Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you are inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and maybe even listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where we continue the conversation. You can find all the archive links there as well as a listing of upcoming guests and there's so much going on. Love your feedback. I love your questions. I love your support. So please check it out. Again, that's the drjulieshow.com. Also stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected, where we continue the conversation. I am here today with my producer from Empower Radio and co-host friend, Remy Smith. We're having a conversation about connection, speaking of all things connected, and Remy, I am looking forward to this second half. There's so much research about our health and happiness, about connection, and I think there's things that people don't even think about. I I 100% agree. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it, it, the feeling you get, like we were talking about earlier in the show, like when you just make those simple little connections is one thing. It you know kind of puts a smile on your face when you. Uh, I, I love to compliment people that, you know, I see them regularly. I might not even know their name kind of thing, but like, hey, I like that sweater that you're wearing. I like, you know, I like your choice of outfit today. I love the way you did. Did you do something new to your hair? I love that. And that that kind of the little connection that makes 
somebody feel good. But our our deep connections, our our friends, our people, our family, the ones that we see often all the time, the ones that we sit down and have heart to hearts with, that's uh that's it it just leaves you with a it's an indescribable kind of feeling, you know? It's got to be good for your health. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. Yes. Well, it is, in fact. And there's even statistics. So I'm just going to read a few of these and, and get your feedback because I think it's important. So one research study talks about being a part of a community and feeling connected. Well, there's multiple research on this. Helps us live longer. Yeah. It helps with our longevity that people who are connected and part of communities, whether it's a, you know, a, a a religious organization, a neighborhood organization, any kind of close knit community, people live longer. And it makes perfect sense. Uh, you know, you look at uh, retirement homes and things and community centers like that, where, um, you know, they, they, they do things together and the ones that stay active and, you know, even if it's getting together once, you know, once every couple of days with their friends and playing cards or, um, you know, telling old stories, going to movies, just the, the more active you are and the more sense of community that you have, the more people that you can connect with, the, the longer you live and the more vibrant and pleasant your life is, I believe. I like that. Vibrant and pleasant. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So they also talk. We also know that believing in something greater than ourselves has a healing power so when we're actively contributing to something greater than ourselves through connection with others, so like we're serving other people, we volunteer at the mm -hmm. senior center, we volunteer at a soup kitchen, we volunteer places, and we begin serving others through that kind of connection, that that boosts our immune system and strengthens both our mind and our body. I tell you, of of all the ex-presidents out there, Jimmy Carter seems the happiest to me. <laughs> oh, what a great analogy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, oh, and my gosh. That's his and whole how old thing. is he now? He is getting up there. I believe he's in his yeah. 90s, but I'm not 100%. I think I think my, in, my intern might be able to pull it up on his device, like, super quick. <laughs> Well, that's a great but, example, though, because he does seem really yeah. happy. And when do you do, when do we see him in the news or what do we what do we see when we see him is usually he's on the ground somewhere doing something, well, serving others. Yeah. Volunteering. House, volunteering whatever. has been his, his whole shtick for so long, ever since, you know, even before he was in the White House. But since then, it's just been like volunteer, 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 building houses and helping communities and uh, helping people farm. He's 94 years old. Oh, my God. And spry. <laughs> I would call you're him a spry brilliant. 94. <laughs> yeah, you're brilliant. That's a great example. And, you know, there's a, there's many. I don't know how many ex former presidents we have now, but you're right that when I think of him, I think really happy yeah. and healthy yes. as 94. Yeah. You know, there's even studies that show that the lack of social connection. Now get this. This is a quote. The lack of social connection is a greater detriment to health mm -hmm. than obesity, smoking and high blood pressure. I believe that as well. 
Um, you do believe that? Absolutely, I believe that. It's you know, have you ever seen pictures of you know hermits and and like the Unabomber? You know, when they finally caught the Unabomber and this guy was living out in the woods by himself for twenty years or something, he looked horrible. He looked like he was on his deathbed. He looked twenty five years older than he actually was. It does something to you if you you know, and you read the even like the old children's stories about like the witch who lives up on the hill and doesn't talk to anybody, and she's always always, you know, stooped over low and kind of gnarled and haggard and warts all over her face. It's not good for your health. Nobody looks like that if they've got lots of friends and go out and, you know, are, are playing uh, euchre every week with their friends. Do you know what I mean? Like, no. Well, you bring up a really good point. I want to go there with the mental health, emotional health, but just, I just want to really presence that because you instantly agreed that that it's more of a detriment than obesity, smoking, and high blood pressure. And that's pretty serious. When we think about health, we're not taught to go connect. We're taught to eat right, to exercise, to have personal hygiene. And, you know, not often are we really looking at those social connections. And so... Thanks for saying, yeah, amen. So you're bringing up this, the Unabomber. You're bringing Mm -hmm. up social isolation and what we do know that you know obviously feeling connected to others outside of ourselves we know it decreases depression and anxiety but you bring up a really important point that literally this social isolation creates psychopathology when people aren't connected they also don't have um, an empathic relationship to others right and a trust in others. So, so often, not only is this, um, you know, about higher self-esteem and and we work together, we cooperate, work together, but those that lack the social connections do create, um, you know, that I just feel bad. I don't want to judge them as because it must be miserable being so disconnected and isolated. But we know that in the conversation of gun control right now and the conversation of what's happening with these people who create horrific crimes against humanity are those who are least connected with others. Yeah. You don't hear stories about, man, I can't believe it. That guy was like everybody's best friend and such a friendly guy. Like, why did he go crazy on a rampage and shoot everybody in that, you know, name the the place? Um, It's, you know, he was frequently isolated loner um started pulling back you know not always like that necessarily but like you know in recent times got into um uh being online and being you know an extremist online and that kind of thing it's uh you know you start start going into that wormhole again of technology and and kind of pulling yourself down into the muck and the mire and all the nastiness and stuff. And then you're not making, you're not going out. You're not making good, healthy social connections leads to, to some terrible tragedies. Yeah. This higher propensity to antisocial behavior. And then what the research shows us again, I'm, I'm talking about a lot of research today, but it was so fun to pull, um, to really look at, at this conversation instead of us just, talking about connection to really look at what does the research really say and and what the research does say about this antisocial behavior is that once people begin to have more 
antisocial behavior, it leads to further isolation and then further isolation. And they're going down a rabbit hole. You become that person that nobody wants to hang out with. Like, who's that, you know, the weird, creepy guy over there in the corner standing by himself. And then they're ostracized and they feel it. And then they don't want to connect with anybody ever again. And yeah, it, it, it compounds itself. The, the one I saw recently, a little study and they had, it was almost cruel. I almost felt bad about it, but they, they did an experiment um, with grade school children and plants. And you know, the, they both got the same amount of sunlight and water. It was the exact same kind of plant, the same kind of soil, the same size pot and everything. But the children um, spoke lovingly and kindly to one plant all the time and negatively and really mean to the other plant. And the difference was insane. One of them was healthy and vibrant and looked like a healthy, great plant. And the other one was drooping and sad and dying. And so all things are connected. It's not just humans that need that connectivity. Plants, mm-hmm. house plants, animals, cats, dogs, cows, you know, farm animals, everything needs that kind of connectivity. Look at the way a dog reacts when it's, you know, left outside all the time and never gets any human contact as opposed to the one that gets petted all the time and is the family dog and everybody loves the dog. Mm -hmm. Animals love that affection and that connection and that, you know, got to have touch, got to have kind words. You have to have, it's all symbiotic. Mm. Well, that's a good example with plants and animals. And I, you know, you know, I agree with you wholeheartedly Mm -hmm. on the all things connected in that way. So just for all of those listening right now, wherever you are at, this is a good imperative to really challenge ourselves to not only connect with those we love, but to reach out to those that we see isolated and alone Um, because number one, it's good for their health and well-being. But number two, and most importantly, we've already shown how the research is saying it's really good for our health and well-being. It's good for everything about us to serve others. So let me, let me just share a little bit of that because this gets into our, our spiritual health and, you know, all these different traditions really look at, how can we be in service of this greater whole and not only just feeling part of something greater than ourselves helps our spiritual health as well as emotional and physical, but this connecting in this place of service with an intention, it's shown to be even more powerful than and individuals' prayers and intentions. So what I'm saying is, if a group comes together and practices prayer or shared intentions or shared meditations, the research showing that when we come together in a group, in a collective, in our connection with one another, it amplifies the results of the prayer, intention, and meditation. So they're doing research now. They're showing individuals doing, saying prayers for something, saying intention for something, and they're measuring the results. And they're measuring the results of groups, of connected individuals who come together in group prayer and intention. That makes perfect sense. 
Isn't that amazing? It is. And it, and it makes perfect sense. And, you know, to the naysayers and the doubters, you don't have to believe it for it to be true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you exactly. Know, the, the research yeah. can show it and, and people can believe it and, and others cannot. But that does not change the fact that I believe it's true. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I... I I remember this quote from Maslow because I like it, but he, he always described this all embracing love for everybody and everything leads to the impulse to do something good for the world and for others. So when we're feeling this all embracing love for everybody and everything, it really, it's innate in us that we have this impulse to do good for the world and to, do good for others and that all starts with that basic human connection yeah and it spreads you know it i love spread. i love the the little videos where you know one person does an act of random act of kindness for a stranger on the street and then the camera pans and that next person passes it on to the next person to the next person and all these people doing little tiny nice things for strangers you know that's such a wonderful little commercial and stuff it's you know driving to work is one of the banes of my existence <laughs> i think everybody <laughs> can agree that nobody likes being stuck in rush hour traffic or uh driving in rush hour traffic where everybody's just flying around and going like maniacs and switching lanes and cutting people off and you know the the rat race driving is what i like to call it but if you just sit back and relax and kind of you know think about the feeling that you get when you're frustrated when you're driving and then think about the feeling that you get when you pull up and there's a stoplight and there's somebody who's trying to get in and you stop short and let them in and that just that feeling that it gives you by letting somebody else in they give a little wave and a smile you know and it's just it's such an easy thing to do but the difference in how you feel is like night and day and it's so good <laughs> you know what remy <laughs> you just described another research somebody that, yeah yeah literally that talked about that very thing when we're literally showing kindness to others that okay so they're measuring kindness mm -hmm. those who are giving kindness to others the senders mm -hmm. of kindness have more health benefits than the receivers it, it you know, think about the feeling that you have inside you when you do something nice for somebody else and you don't have to. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's it, it just just a simple act of kindness makes you feel so good. And so that, yeah, that makes perfect sense, makes great sense. It seems like this is the kind of thing that should be obvious to everybody that we shouldn't have to do research on this to yeah, prove it yeah. that it's just a kind of you know we should all know this and it, it should just be a given kind of thing but sadly i don't think it it is so given and and kudos to the people who are doing this kind of research and stuff that's that's great the more people that know about this maybe we can make positive shifts on a global scale of people just being nice to each other for the sake of being nice yeah. You know, I'm thinking about, I want to share the, the miracle story here in a second, but um, what you bring up is important because if you think about anyone who is feeling disconnected, who then has a higher risk of more depression, anxiety, going within and disconnecting. And then of course the health, the, the rest of the health um, consequences that come with that. Those people are normally so turned inward 
that they're not looking outside of how do I serve someone and getting those highs. Yeah. They're looking at, well, how come nobody's doing anything for me? Mm-hmm. How come nobody's doing anything for me? How come nobody's doing it? You know, what about me? You know, where's, where's my good stuff? How come, where's my kindness? Where's it go? And when we get in that, it's a downward spiral. Yeah. And one of the best antidepressants ever, just like you mentioned, Go out and do something nice for somebody else. And when we can turn our attention and our awareness outward on others, that's when the magic and the miracles begin to happen. That's beautiful. That's so well put. Thanks. So we're going to have Lynn McTaggart on the show in a couple of weeks. Her book, um, The Power of Eight, is brilliant. And I want to tell you, I so here's the thing about miracles. I listened to her speak in June, and so I invited her on my show. I've loved and admired her work for um, a very, very long time. And when I heard her speak in June, she was talking about, she's, she's the one who's really coined the intention experiments. She's written a book called The Field. She's, she's a prolific author, has many amazing books. But she wrote about her experience in researching the um, intentions and she started out her career as going you know if we all come together with an intention let's measure it and see what happens so the intention for world peace versus the intention for someone's healing like on an individual scale and a global scale she's done it all she is incredible so she began documenting all of these amazing miracles and the healings and the the peace experience where um, wars have stopped. I mean, there's just incredible, she has an incredible um, whole body of work that we'll talk about on another show. So watch for the show with Lynn McTaggart. But here's the thing that really got me, Remy, and I, I hope this surprises you, but as brilliant as you are, it might not. She learned that it wasn't, that the thing that surprised her the most wasn't that they were having these healings. The thing that surprised her the most was the reciprocal results of this mirroring that was happening. So what she learned was when people come together in connection And like we were saying, you know, serving other people. So they're coming together with a shared intention and they're thinking about other people. What began happening was all these people who were participating were having miracles happen to themselves. Mm -hmm. So they weren't necessarily like if Julie Kroll is a part of an intention experiment and I'm with a group of my friends And I'm praying for, let's just say I'm praying for Cheryl. Because I come together every week with my friends in connection and I pray for someone else, Cheryl, all of a sudden my life begins to change and miracles begin to happen. And I heal and relationships heal and jobs change and my financial experience of the world changes and all of these amazing things happen because I'm connected with others in service of praying or having, holding an intention for someone else. Mm. 
I believe it. I, I might not have believed it seven or eight years ago before I worked at Empower Radio, but from everything that I've learned working at this fabulous station and from all the things that I've heard about, you know, intentions and the power of, of everybody coming to, yeah, it, it makes 100% perfect sense is if you're, if you, you, if you're planting a garden and everything has great soil and strong roots and, and it, and it comes up, the, the whole garden's going to be vibrant and healthy, right? You know? You're not going to have, oh, how come, how come the carrots aren't doing good? They're getting just as much sunlight and, and water and soil as everything. No, everything's going to be doing good. You know, that just makes sense to me. And, mm. and that connectivity just strengthens all those bonds, just strengthens all that goodwill going out into the world and coming up. And yeah, and I do I believe love the, it's more I powerful. love the garden analogy. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because if we think about ourselves... In this way. So as we started off this hour, this this conversation, I mentioned how science is really showing us we are one consciousness. We don't have consciousness. We are consciousness. We're so interconnected, interrelated, and inseparable. So when you bring up the garden analogy, if one carrot's doing well, all the carrots should be doing well, as well as the tomatoes and the potatoes and the, the corn and the cucumbers, right? Yeah. So when one flourishes, it all flourishes. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you get a bug that attacks one kind of plant, then you know that and you can look. But you're right. When the soil is healthy, everything flourishes. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. Remy, how many times have I used the word brilliant in this show today? Um, a couple, but thank you. It sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> I will accept the compliment with grace. You're welcome. Well, I want to also just give a plug for Brent Carey and Empower Radio when you mentioned that you've worked here and now you can believe these things because there are so many progressive, amazing hosts and programs on EmpowerRadio.com. And um, I couldn't agree more if, if people really want to be nourished and, and well-fed in this new way of thinking and feeling that connection, tune in to Empower Radio. Oh, it's changed my life. It's made my life infinitely better. You know, hard to measure how, how much better my life has become since mm-hmm. listening to all the fantastic shows here and just, you know, garnering all this, this great wisdom. Beautiful. Okay, so Remy, in like two minutes or so, what one thing do you want to take away from this conversation today about your connections with others put you on the spot you're putting me on the spot and that's okay i like being put on the spot um i think it's a wake-up call to strengthen some of my connections that that need to be strengthened and could be stronger um to make uh, a conscious effort to to get out there and and see people face to face and keep the devices in your pockets when you're spending quality time with those that you love and uh, don't just take it for granted that uh, we can make these connections online in the digital age and so on and so forth there's nothing substitutes for a good face to face I think I'm going to take that away too. Um, the last sentence that nothing substitutes for face to face. Um, I've been feeling really lonely and isolated and I often blame where I live for that. So 
I'm going to take away from this conversation um, that literally I'm going to I'm going to look at my online connections and see what I could do to maybe foster, cultivate, nurture them. That's one thing I'm going to do. And then the other thing is, is I'm going to begin to literally put more connection on my calendar on purpose and live this consciously. I like it. Yeah. I like it. And I think I need to take a road trip sometime soon to go see some people I haven't seen in a long time. That's that's definitely in order. Get, mm. get in the car and go someplace that you haven't been or haven't been in a long time or see somebody you haven't seen face-to-face in a long time. Take a road trip. Good idea. Very good idea. Or pick up the telephone. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's just as good. Yeah. I mean, face-to-face is always better, but mm. if you just have, you know, messaging back and forth using technology... Go, go to voice and really listen. Yeah, nice. Okay, I have a quote like I normally do to end our show. Remy, thank you so much for this conversation. This dialogue was fun and engaging and yet so important. So I really appreciate you, well, thank you spending so much. the time with me today. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. It's always my pleasure. Oh, you're welcome. And listeners, I have this quote from Brene Brown on the topic we've been talking about, a deep sense of love and belonging is an irresistible need of all people. We are biologically, cognitively, physically, and spiritually wired to love, to be loved, and to belong. When those needs are not met, we don't function as we were meant to. We break, we fall apart, we numb, we ache, we hurt others, and we get sick. You've been listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. And remember, together, we're creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.